This is the Drive-In Podcast, episode 38, take one. Bada bing, bada boom. Welcome to the 38th episode of the Drive-In Podcast. On today's episode, we have the Express Checkup with yours truly, Dr. O. We have our highly anticipated review of Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead, and then finally we have our top billing of upcoming Netflix projects. So use the bathroom now, grab your popcorn, and enjoy the 38th episode of the Drive-In Podcast. Ricky Flex, great to see you. Happy to be recording with you. Sadly, we don't have our partner in crime, Nez, with us this evening and on this recording, but uh, we're, we'll, we're sure to have him back for the 39th episode. Um, I'm kind of okay with Nez not being here, primarily because now I'm not forced to doing the Mona Lisa Vito impersonation for my cousin Vinny now, okay. unless you're going to hold me to it. <laughs> no, I feel bad if, if, if uh, Nez was not here for that. I was looking forward to that. I was actually thinking about it today, trying to think of how, how much into it were you going to be? How much of an Oscar-worthy performance? Would it be more of a Golden Globes or a Razzie? What would it be here? I was looking forward to it. We're not going to see it today, but maybe next week. I'm anticipating mixed reviews, to say the least, when I do it. But For I will sure. be practicing. I will bring my A game. I will try and have the script memorized to the best of my ability. You might have to hop in and play uh, Joe Pesci for a couple lines, but I think we can make it work. How can you be so sure? <laughs> it's a 38 Chevy. I'm, I'm not even going to practice it. I'm not even going to do it. I'm not even going to do it. No teasing, no teasing. But how else? We're, so Ricky Flex, before we get into the checkup today, you've been watching anything good? I know we got Army of the Dead, but you watching any shows, getting catch, like doing your homework on some films. What do you got? Interesting that you say that because I just finished season two of Yellowstone, the Taylor Sheridan uh, series. I've mm. been watching it actually. It's on. It's very well known that it's on Paramount, but I've been watching it on Peacock. I don't know how the rights work with that, but I've been watching it on Peacock, and I think it's very good. It's I will say a little overrated, but very good. Um, there's two major storylines that I just think are so not not poorly written, but just unbelievable. Like just, ah. I think major mistakes. Just it doesn't make sense of how the characters were introduced and what happens and what unfolds. It doesn't mm-hmm. make any sense. But all in all, beautiful to watch, very entertaining, and definitely just I definitely I I overrated but very good. How about yourself? Honestly, not much. I I think I said in the last podcast I've been catching up on Peaky Blinders. I know they're shooting the last season right now. I think they plan on doing a movie too. I'm also trying to catch up. I know Killian Murphy. I've I've been hearing and I've been reading does a killer job in uh, Quiet Place Part Two, which is now at ninety three percent on Rotten Tomatoes with eighty one reviews. How are you? Wow. That's a that's review in two episodes. I am stoked for that movie. I'm stoked for it, man. I cannot wait. I I did not even look at Rotten Tomatoes. I I had I don't know about you, but I I will actually I do know about you because you just looked it up. You said you looked it up, but I haven't been looking at Rotten Tomatoes much lately. I really haven't. I've I just keep doing the reviews that we're doing, 
and I look at it or when Nez usually says it well, when it's time for the review, it's like, oh, okay, that's the Rotten Tomatoes. And mm-hmm. usually I used to be addicted to looking at them because I used to like predicate myself on like, oh, I'll go see this movie. But then it was at like 18. I'm like, eh, maybe I'll think about, think twice about it. Now it's like, I don't really care anymore. Right. I, I do a lot of like the, uh, the checkup research on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm on there like all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do a bunch of different websites surfing for like news and everything, but uh, that's one I use pretty frequently. They have their own thing. They have the catch up, not as good as the checkup, but I think that's a good segue to get it going, huh? Oh yeah. Let's do it. Big week Ex- this week for news. Massive checkup express style. Let's get to it. Get after it. One Here we go. Moment, doctor. Bringing you the latest news in the movie industry. This is The Checkup with Dr. O. Dr. O, check us out. Leslie Odom Jr. and Kate Hudson are the most recent additions to the cast of Knives Out 2. The supporting cast already includes Katherine Hahn, Edward Norton, and Dave Bautista. Shout out Army of the Dead today's review. The sequel is currently shooting in Spain and will premiere on Netflix in 2022. Moving on. We got the first Eternals trailer released by Marvel Studios. There are rumors the film from Best Director winner Chloe Zhao will debut at Cannes Film Festival in July. I hope I pronounced that right. The trailer provides our first look at Marvel's new superhero team featuring the likes of Gemma Chan, Richard Madden, Angelina Jolie, Sama Hayek, among so many others. The film is set to hit theaters November 5th of this year. Next up on the checkup, some casting news. Henry Cavill will star in Lionsgate's Highlander reboot. The original 1986 Highlander pick starred Christopher Lambert, Sean Connery, RIP, and Clancy Brown as immortal beings hunting down one another and collecting more power. The film, with its There Can Only Be One catchphrase, spawned four sequels and three uh, television series, including the popular USA series starring Adrian Paul. Chad Stahelski, who is known for his work with John Wick, will be helming the film. Next up, more casting news. How are you? Timothy Chalamet has been cast as Willy Wonka for, uh, for an origin film from Warner Brothers. The story will focus on a young Willy Wonka and his adventures prior to opening the world's most famous chocolate factory. Wonka will mark the first time Chalamet gets to show off his singing and dancing skills with several musical numbers set to appear in the film. To wrap up the checkup today, we have Robert Pattinson, The Batman, he has signed a production deal with Warner Brothers, New Line Cinema, Warner Brothers Television, and HBO Max. This deal is for theatrical, SVOD, technically HBO Max, and Warner Brothers TV properties. This deal represents the actor's first foray into producing. Diversifying, I love it. Pattinson is set to make his highly anticipated debut as the Batman in 2022. That does it for the checkup this week. You've just been checked up by Dr. O. Ricky Flex, chock full of juicy stories today. Ricky Flex, where do you want to start? I'm not going to say it, but Eternals trailer. Like, what do you think? I think that's the where we should start. That dominated Twitter today. I had no idea this was dropping today. When I saw, I freaked out. I got home from a trip today. I pulled up, pulled up my laptop. I'm like, got to make the checkup. All of a sudden, it says a Turtles trailer is finally here. I lost my mind. I've been waiting for this thing for months on end, and so has the entire world. And you know what? I liked what I saw. 
I really did like what I saw. I think we this comes after the trailers we're getting for Black Widow and Shang Chi that, that have such like that strong Marvel feel to it, like a comic book feel to it. This one I was watching, it's just beautiful cinematography. Um, it's got all like the act, the, all the stars that you can think of, and you like from Hollywood. Like I've listed them, uh, like literally maybe a quarter of the cast in the checkup today. But I'm excited to see Chloe Zhao's follow up to Nomadland, and even the first like 10 seconds of this trailer i was like is this a sequel to nomadland that's literally what i was thinking like, what is going really on nice. right yeah. now yeah. all the mountains and, then, and everything going on only thing i'm questioning a little bit is the music choice there didn't exactly pump me up too much to see it but this could set up like an epic vibe to it people are talking about a potential best picture nominee for eternals can best you imagine flicks do you think this movie has that potential no but <laughs> like what could premiere Kane. I was going to be so positive on it, but now that you say best picture, now I'm freaking out. But uh, I will just pivot a little bit saying, I agree with you. This looks like it's going to be uh, like mainly Rob Stark and uh, uh, Gemma Chan. The, like pretty much their movie with Angelina Jolie. That's what at least this trailer looked like. Mm-hmm. Only got one still of Kit Harrington. A little disappointed by that, but I can't complain too much because all in all, this was a rock star trailer. This was awesome. It, it was a rock star trailer. I like that. We're going to start using that from now on. But yeah, I wish I saw a little more Kit Harrington. He may not have as big of a role in the movies as, as we all would like. I, I know he's uh, not an official member of the Eternals, I think, according right. to comic book lore. Mm-hmm. But um, like his character, his character, I should say. Uh, yeah, not actually Kit Harrington. <laughs> but um, we wish. I, I wanted to say, I think the they didn't really obviously state who the villain's going to be. But I think I like that. if I can, like, kind of pinpoint who i would assume is the antagonist of this it's barry kagan in this film barry kagan Got a little villainy who, vibes in this i will say they it said something like uh, something about not trusting or whatever in the trailer something very like mm-hmm. okay like like overt like this is probably he's got some evilness inside of him and mm-hmm. i would love to see him as a villain yeah he, he has that little like uh, like an oddball kind of look to him he's uh, an up-and-coming actor and i think that this could be a showcase for him this movie specifically among all these stars and then you got him appearing in the batman right he did a great job in chernobyl it uh I, I, I just, I'm I'm a huge fan of him, and I can't wait to see what he brings to the table. Yeah, but Dunkirk, uh, killing of the sacred deer with Colin Farrell, killing like the he, sacred deer, mm. like that's where he kind of like came onto the scene to the limelight to everybody, and then he just like went on that tear, like you said, and he's going to continue it with the Green Knight, Eternals, Batman, like Green the guy's going to be, he's going to be. This is like a officially going to be in one, starting with this movie and Green Knight this year. So really looking forward to seeing his career blossom and he might be the villain here, but going back to your point with saying, we don't know who the trailer is officially. And that's the, the big thing. Oh yeah. The villain. Yeah. In this trailer, you don't like, I hate with trailers nowadays. They kind of give you too much. This first two and a half minute trailer didn't tell you a lot about it. It just told you, all right, these people know what happened with the infinity stones. They know like, obviously who doesn't in the galaxy. With half they know the, the Avengers. Left. They know the Avengers and they know their own powers and everything going on there. But that's it. It's a lot of a lot of interpretation right now. The second trailer, the next full trailer that we're going to see is going to be really telling to see how much are they going to release and how much are they going like how much we're going to know compared to when this movie actually comes out in November. Right. And like the I guess the final like 
thing I want to address, and I think the whole world is kind of wondering, is that they know about the Avengers. They know about Thanos. Where the hell were these guys when Thanos was decimating right. half of the universe? So they exactly. better explain that. I know they will. Marvel's super connected. They have a great job establishing the universe, making sure that they're covering their tracks for the most part. And I think this is kind of an obvious one where Kevin Feige has some work to do in that regard. Right, and they su- successfully set up like how big their roles, their character, this movie in general is going to be in the MCU, especially at the end when Rob Stark's like, oh, I could lead the Avengers. And they yeah. all start laughing, Ooh. but it's like, oh, Rob Stark, you know he can. It's Rob yeah. Stark. We've seen, we've seen those leadership qualities more, yes, more, than, more than capable. Um, Ricky Flex, we also got to talk about little Willy Wonka. Oompa Loompa, how are you? We're going Timothy Chalamet being cast as Wonka. A couple months back, it was reported that was, uh, Warner Brothers was trying to create this film. It was being produced, and they wanted to either have Holland or Chalamet as a young Willy Wonka, right? So do you think they made the right decision with Chalamet over Holland? Yeah, I don't want to repeat too much that we said before, but yeah. yes, I think I was the only one on this podcast out of three that wanted Chalamet. Uh, obviously, we talked about how Holland, he went the, there's two kind of rises to stardom in Hollywood. You can go the blockbuster route to start, and then you can get into the artsy stuff and get into your Oscar noms from after you get that well-known presence where you get become like a fan favorite, or you start like a Chalamet, you start, you're on Royal Pains as a 12-year-old or however he was, how old he was as a kid, mm-hmm. and you start making your come up through the artsy-fartsy stuff that you like to call it, and like then you just get a starring role and Call Me By Your Name, and then you get into all these other roles where you get an Oscar nom when you're really young, when you're only 22, 23, 24. So they kind of went separate roles to get here, and they decided to go the artsy-fartsy route. And I think that he's going to kill it in this role where it's going to be more of a dramatic, serious role. And I think he's better suited for that right now at this stage in their careers than Tom Holland. Yeah. At the same time, though, I'm seeing like it's going to mark the first time he's going to be like singing and dancing in a movie. I think he's capable of that. Even probably had that type of career, not even his career, just like being a stage actor growing up he probably has that background but that's why i thought holland would have been perfect like we saw him tearing it up when he was like on uh what was that the jj ll cool j yeah, show the, the, the lipstick, lipstick battles battle. yeah, yeah when he was rihanna when kind of yeah. like, weird <laughs> to say out loud but you gotta watch the video and see how electric it is but i i uh I, either way i think it was a win-win situation if either of those two got to play willy wonka and if it's just it, it can't be worse than like johnny depp's performance when he was the pasty willy wonka back in the like oh five i think it was but uh we'll see if he has the singing chops and it's just tough because also Charlemagne, like he's he's a little pasty as well and he's got the long hair dark hair so you're thinking like oh like johnny depp kind of like it's a prequel to the johnny depp character not the gene wilder character so you're automatically thinking that bad movie those bad vibes from that charlie in the chocolate factory True. but i think Charlemagne has the acting chops to overtake that and, and he did that just hosted snl didn't he do that edward scissorhands commercial too was that Charlemagne? Oh my God! I think you're right. Right, and so it's like you automatically make the Johnny Depp connection now. Yes. Now I now I think I just it's, ruined. It's confirmed now. I think I just ruined this movie before it even start started to be made. I think I just ruined it. I, I'm sorry to all the listeners. Um, lastly, Ricky Flex. I know, I, like I put R Pat on here, and if I don't talk about Robert Pattinson, he's on a checkup. I think I'm doing something wrong. But I love that he's foraying into um this production. Hit, like him producing movies and different projects for Warner Brothers. I like that connection he's making with Warner Brothers. He's the next Batman. You wonder how much of like the Batman property like uh, like is going to cover these projects. Like, will he now be making appearances in the Gotham City uh, 
show that's going to be premiering on HBO Max that's in the same universe as the Batman will mm-hmm. be will he be on set regularly for the those um uh for those shows for that for those episodes right yeah but uh it'll be interesting but I'm also interested anything he does like I'm I'm locked in. Like I gotta see our Pat and what he does. The, the guys must watch. I think as I, I said before on this podcast, I'm pretty like he's like progressing right now into the next Leo. I think he's like the yes, next guy. Com- I completely agree. Completely agree. Um, I kind of had a different take on this. I had two separate takes or two separate thoughts. I should say not takes. One Batman trilogy, like confirmed. Like it had this movie number one has to be amazing if he's already saying all right like i'm gonna be a producer with warner brothers like come on like th- this movie's gonna be great they wouldn't just sign him up if batman sucks like imagine if like the batman sucks and he continued to be a producer like no way not even possible so the this is gonna be phenomenal yeah i like i'm telling the batman's gonna make at least two billion dollars yeah like it's but this confirms that I this think, movie I, will be good and i think like them pushing the release date back that's like confirming to everybody like train it's just building the hype i agree 100 percent. like and then they get past all the mcu movies coming out like i know they got its own thing they got dc fandom coming back this year thank god i'm gonna do a blog about it on like things you can expect let's get the second batman trailer keep it rolling on dc fandom right back to back years that would oh my gosh and did you see those picks that came out of the riddler did you see those yes yes we didn't mention that yeah i did like those yeah, so it's a it's a different take on the character. It definitely seems more like grounded compared to like him wearing a green top hat and like have question marks on a suit. You know, it looks mm-hmm. it just looks ten times better. It was just yeah. looks like he and, looked like Zodiac killer vibes. You know, yeah, it just it confirms it also with Matt Reeves. Like he's jumping into all these HBO animated shows and also like got he like all the different parts of this movie are also intertwined with shows and animated series, stuff like that. Like people involved with it. And this is just Mm -hmm. another confirmation that they're going to keep their star, not just in part of this movie, but a part of their studio, which is huge and be at work on other multiple projects. So not just that this movie will be good, possible trilogy. Um, And then also just my other thought was Warner brothers, just what movie were we reviewing this week? Army of the dead, Zack Snyder. And he's been kind of crapping on him on the media train for this movie uh, the past two weeks saying, Oh, like, Mm -hmm. Netflix gave me this and that. And this like, is the Snyder cut for Army of the Dead. Right. And like basically mocking Warner Brothers a bit. So like out of all the they negativity around Warner Brothers right now, like you think of Nolan, you're thinking of Dune. Dune had to like fight for a year about uh, getting a theatrical release and not a same HBO Max and theatrical release at the same time. So a lot of negativity around each uh, Warner Brothers. This is a finally a positive, which will make headlines. As we wrap the up checkup. the yeah, and as we're wrapping up, I just want to quickly add, you brought up Dune. Like, Dune, I got a lot of, like, Dune vibes from the Eternals trailer. Like, I, I, was, I did, uh, I did yeah, feel that little you're right. You're right. Like, the cinematography, the dark, mm-hmm. not necessarily too dark, but because it has, like, some of the nice colors coming through the cinematography, but still uh, overall darkness to it, but still the stars popping out with the great star-studded cast. It feels like an epic scale to it. I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm very excited The costumes, like Angelina Jolie glowing. Like, yeah, I'm mm-hmm. with you. 100%. That does it for the checkup this week. Let's move on to our review of Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead. All right, Ricky Flix. Army of the Dead. It's available to see on Netflix and in theaters currently. This is a no-spoiler review. We're not going to spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen the movie. They're interested. They want to hear our thoughts. We're just going to give 
Uh, yeah, no spoilers. We're going to protect you guys. This currently has a 71% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 6 out of 10 on IMDb. That's a 6.0. Here's the synopsis. So after a zombie outbreak in Las Vegas, a group of mercenaries takes the ultimate gamble by venturing into the quarantine zone for the greatest heist ever. Okay. Ricky Flex, same thing as always. Knee-jerk reactions. What did you think upon viewing Zack Snyder's newest film? I think it did its job, did its job, very entertaining. Zombie movies, you think, all right, what do you need first? You need to have good zombies. They had good zombies. They made it fun with Vegas, very easy. You could just do Vegas jobs like a blackjack deal or a fake Elvis. Uh, everything you think of Vegas was in this movie, and they did it very well in, uh, in this zombie land type, or zombie uh, territory, I should say. And the views were great. I will say one downfall of the movie is that its best part was in the first two minutes of the movie with the opening credit scene i thought in my mm. eyes that was my favorite part of the movie just the action sequences even in slow-mo unlike we talked about in justice league uh, zach Snyder's justice league um there's a little too much slow-mo in this one it actually was very well done in my eyes um the movie ran did run a little long but overall very fun action-packed what you want to see in a zombie movie and with someone like a dave bautista leading it you're not really you're looking for those action scenes. You're not looking for those in-depth dr- dramatic scenes, which I thought failed in this movie, but that's not what we're looking for in this. This was successful in my eyes. How about you? Yeah. Uh, I thought it was, I thought it was solid. I like, I think it was uh, better than average to be honest. And I, I did have, I did enjoy watching it. It was slow. It was slow at times, specifically in the first hour of the film. Like the first, you said the first scene's great. A lot of action and then like obviously when they go into vegas you're seeing all like the easter eggs about well, like you should talk about the elvis the casino uh like dave bautista like running on the top of like uh card tables in mm-hmm. the casino i thought that was pretty awesome um i think it's later on in the movie but i think um it was just it the action when it hit in the middle to the end was very good but i was taken out a little bit in the beginning just based on how slow everything kind of was building up and coming together. Uh, And I also think Zack Snyder, this is like, he does this with, like he did it with the DC universe, but he makes one movie and he has, he just looks at franchise potential before he makes one movie. He's already talking about it today. Today. And there's already an anime series in the works. There's a, a prequel idea being floated around. There's obviously even the end, like kind of hints at a sequel. So, I want to just enjoy a movie and not worry about universe building on the first time I'm viewing it, mm-hmm. you know, like he's doing it intentionally. I'm like, dude, like you just got out of like creating this universe. You're just doing another one, like right off the bat, like trying to enjoy yourself. Like you really see him like making future mo- uh, zombie movies. Like are people interested in well, seeing a zombie universe from this? Well, I will say this, Dawn of the Dead 2004, unfortunately not streaming anywhere, but that was the remake of the original Dawn of the Dead, which is considered one of the best zombie movies ever. And mm-hmm. that's probably like one of the few, at least in my eyes, I'm not a big zombie person fan, but that's one of the better zombie movies of the 21st century. And I feel like with his action background and that background in Dawn of the Dead, this is something that he's very successful in. And it makes a lot of money and he gets the budgets to do it because everyone can rely on him to make these type of zombie movies. So I actually do kind of think he can be doing this. Do I want him doing this? No. But then again, I think I'm the minority here. 
feel like if it was any other director, this would fail as a universe. I think you have Zack Snyder has like Zack Snyder's Justice League was such an internet phenomenon. He's got such loyal fans that they will like embrace anything he does. So like Netflix throws the bag at him. He makes this movie action packed entertainment, right? When it, when it really kicks in. Um, I think those people will like their ride or dies. They'll, they're yes. going to see this no matter what, but in terms of me, what I want Zack Snyder to do, I want him to get away from franchises, just make good movies. Um, like he's even talking about like, and his previous interviews, he like wrote a sequel to 300. I'm just like, do something like that's not connected to anything. And now you make an army of the dead and you're thinking of like 10 projects to go off. Right. Of it. I know they're obsessed with world building. And that's like the in thing right now, but Netflix. just focus on making a good movie. Cause it takes away from the original movie itself when I'm watching it and I'm like, okay, that was unnecessary what you just did, but you're just worried about getting to the next project. Like just focus on the task at hand, buddy. But, and again, I agree with you, but if we look at it from a Netflix point of view, even, uh, Reed, uh, was it Reed or Reese, Reed Haskins, uh, the like Netflix's like leader, mm-hmm. he was saying, we have everything on everybody. We have the money. We can get talent. We yeah. can do this and that. What don't we have? Obviously, they don't have an Oscar. They need franchises. They need franchises. They need world building franchises. Like, like the Gray Man. Yeah, so that's why they're doing the Gray like Man. And Knives Out. Knives Out is coming over. So and they they're paying three hundred, four hundred million dollars for this stuff, and they're giving two hundred, three hundred million dollar budgets. It's right. ridiculous how much money they're putting in, but that's what they need. So it makes sense why if you want to build a world, you're going to go to Netflix, and that's why this is on Netflix. So it makes sense. And this movie just since I mentioned budgets had like a. Almost, just under 100 million like 90 million i want to say so they got the money for this and it worked out it did look uh, at least to me i did like the look of this movie and especially in the yeah, beginning I agree the scenery too. of vegas was sick and then when the scenery when, when it, it died yeah, when it was i was gonna say when it when it was like broken like the buildings were in half and stuff yeah. and like dave bautista with the freaking machine gun walking around i'm right. like this actually does look sick yeah um and I just brought up Batista. He is the lead in this movie. And it's like the first time he's been in a lead that wasn't something ridiculous like Stuber. He's known as a supporting character in a lot of movies. How do you think he did? Was he, you think he was strong enough in the lead here for Snyder? Strong enough, I think, is the perfect phrase. He was solid. I think I personally didn't like his daughter in this movie. And her storyline, I thought it was terrible. It was right. absolutely pointless. Just somehow to get that involved that story, uh, the daughter, father, daughter storyline involved, which it could have been better, could have been something different or just not have it. It's a zombie movie. You didn't have it. I probably would have rated it higher if it didn't have that because it could have focused on the other characters. It seemed like there was almost too many characters at the same time going that they try to make influential. Um, but then again, like, again, it's, it's I, if going back to Dave Bautista, he, it, he did all right. I'm not going to say he did great or bad. I just said he did all right. He did the action sequences great. And he did his part. He said his lines. He said his lines, Dr. Said his lines. I I think he did pack an emotional punch in a couple scenes. Um, There's one scene uh, towards the end of the movie. I won't do any spoilers, but I really, I think that was my favorite scene where he, uh, he is like, um, he just erupts in anger and like he just erupts in emotion and he's just taking out zombies left and right, picking them on his back, throwing him. I thought he's back in the WWE ring for a second. I'm just like, that was an electric scene. Um, You're talking about the surprise, like out of the elevator. Yes. I was like, 
that meme. I did not see that coming. Yeah, right. <laughs> Luke I was, Wilson. Yeah. I was just like, holy crap. Yeah, that was actually an insane scene. You're right. That was great. I no spoilers. Name, no spoilers. That was without... easily my number two. He went nuts in yeah. that scene. But and then, I, I love seeing him just mow people down. Right. Yeah. And then it was because of the, the – yeah, yeah. Actually, no spoilers. I, but then right after that, the cleverness of Zack Snyder like, and uh, his team of just like what they did uh, like with the zombies and how to – like how to the different type of zombies that I actually liked because it was a, a unique original thing to zombie movies. Cause if you think of zombie movies, a lot of them like think of uh Sean of the, uh, uh, Simon Pegg, say, uh, yeah, Sean of the Dead. Sean of the Dead so, right. Yeah. Um, like they're stuck in the bar. You think of uh, Tarantino's uh, from dusk till dawn. They're stuck in a bar. Zombie movies usually like you're stuck against and you're like flying wood against walls and windows this one, like, it's obviously a heist, but, like, you're going towards the zombies, and the zombies were, like, adaptable and interchangeable. It was very inter- interesting. I was going to say, what separates this um, movie from other zombie movies, like, this particular one, is, like, the uh, ability for the zombies to kind of think, and they're not just, like, brainless monsters. Like, they, these were, metho- some of them, I guess, there was different types of zombies. Some are more methodical than others. They basically, and they, I think right in the beginning, Zack Snyder kind of laid it out. I forget which character. Uh, I think it was the coyote. Uh, the coyote. She said, uh, that's the name of the character in the movie, for those who don't know yes. online. I'm just, like, not an actual coyote. But, like, the coyote she said, um, she was my second favorite character yeah, behind Dave Bautista. But uh, she said, this, they, this, they don't feel like they're trapped there. This is their kingdom. That's what she said. And I, they treated it just like that. They had a king. And then I, he, the villain was pretty menacing with that mask that iron mask like you know and that that's just shows the, and, and that shows the it. that shows the brains they have he the, that zombie knows like Smart. yo they're aiming for my head they need to take out my brain guess what you're not getting to this brain and that guy was terminator-esque you i'm like this guy will never leave the movie like i i, I still think they dropped a nuclear bomb on the place and i think they still still be there you know he's just <laughs> right you know so but uh that's why i really did like that aspect and that kind of diversified it and changed it from like your average walking dead where it's just like a bunch of them running at you and like you mm-hmm. could just kill them easily like it was tougher here i liked it yeah completely agree and i think that even though even though the zombies like sometimes because again this is a two and a half hour movie and sometimes they went into the zombie storyline but then bounced out of it i think it actually did enough with it to understand like the zombies motives where it actually was applicable in the end which i really did like from a storytelling aspect uh yeah storytelling uh aspect so i did like that um we brought up batista uh we did we brought up the quote-unquote villain of the movie although zombies are just the villains um sort of and then i also want to talk about supporting cast this supporting cast there aren't really any recognizable names i i did i personally didn't know the work from any of these actors except for batista so i'm looking uh do you think this movie would have been better I guess, if it had more recognizable actors, more talent as known to audiences, do you think that mattered at all? Do you think they did a serviceable, serviceable job as well? I think they did a serviceable job. I think, like, I, Omari Hardwick, he was in, a, was it an Empire? Or, uh, I saw, I, like, it's on your TV shows on, like, uh, on commercials all the time when you're watching football. I forget uh, what okay. it is. Um, uh, power, power. Power. Uh, power. Yeah, yeah. That's the Fifty Cent show. Does he yeah, produce yeah, that one? Stars. Yes, yes, yes. So like, I see his, I see his face all the time, but I've never actually seen the show. Um, 
I thought I liked him in that. I in this, I actually did like him a lot. And I know um, the safe opener guy. I, I like can't him. pronounce his name. It was like his his actor name is Matthias Schwen is like German or something. I thought he was pretty good as like the comic relief inside a comic relief. Sometimes I thought he was pretty good. And his like crucial scenes, I thought he actually did a very nice job. Um, other than that, we mentioned the coyote. She was good. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, like what I'll say here is that zombie movies, you got to have good zombies and you have to have good cinematography and action sequences, but all in all, it's all about the living characters. So you, I sometimes felt there's too many of them, such as the Reddit YouTube guy and his crew, a little too many, like just a little too many characters kind of unnecessary. Uh, you didn't need them. Yeah. Let's kind of trim it down. Maybe I'll cut down the movie by 10 minutes, keep everyone engaged and not falling asleep in the middle. Maybe when there's no action sequences for like a half hour. So maybe that could have been better, but all in all, like the people that want that did shine through this made it better. And it, it, you have to cover a lot of ground in terms of like uh, background on each character, their motives and like what, what is their personal gain from doing this job. Right. But um, I think that that YouTuber guy, like he didn't have to be in this movie whatsoever. Um, and then, uh lily the coyote like i think she was electric i really did enjoy her and uh, i like how she knew all the ins and outs about the zombies um and then i agree that uh matthias schwagofa i think is how you pronounce his name i i did think he was proper comic relief um there were some points that like he would make a joke and i cringed a little bit but most of the time it was hitting most of the time it was yeah that's every single comic relief is like that and you you just have to have enough uh, good, like remember, like uh, memorable comic relief moments to overcome those cringy moments. But I will say, even though he was good in this, I just don't understand why he was needed. If the owner of the casino is telling them to go to like break open his own safe, yeah, I mean, does the guy not? I guess the guy doesn't know how to open his own safe. But then, how do they get the money inside of it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they have the blueprints. They have everything. But how do you not know how to open your own safe? And obviously, this guy, like, all right. If I was told to go in, it was like one of these side characters, and I was told, oh, I can get fifteen million dollars, or I can keep fifteen million dollars if I go and get this money right for him, two hundred million dollars. Oh, for sure. All right, I'll, I'll test my boundaries. If I'm forty year old, forty years old, fifty years old, and I'm dead broke but this guy doesn't need 150 million dollars if this guy is just parading around owning casinos all around the world and just going to all his like 150 million dollars to him is nothing yeah i i thought it was gonna be like something even more valuable you know right um and yeah so like in that regard i thought it was kind of like oh really you need that money like it seems like he's that guy's doing just fine yeah and the and his head of security at the casino was with them so and he can't open the safe like (laughs) it's ridiculous absolutely ridiculous but i get past that point i'm a big hiroki sonata fan he was the billionaire in this yep and we saw him recently in mortal Kombat, uh and he was phenomenal in that in my opinion in the very limited role but would like to see him in more get over here (laughs) but i'm looking forward to anything else he's coming out with so looking forward to that yeah uh i think it's time that we throw out some scores what do you say ricky flex for me surprisingly after hearing that ron's man score i'm a little disappointed because mine's very close to that i gave it a 73 a 73 out of 100 like i said this movie did its job for a zombie heist movie with dave bautista as the star everyone was just solid a couple 
performances a little above solid or better than expectations, such as the Coyote or the the comic relief, Matthias Schwan, whatever you said. It's so hard. He's got like the double, double, yeah, the, um, the, whatever the double yeah, the two dots over the O. It's like the German accent. Like, over who the can o. pronounce that? Like, I don't accept people that speak German. But all in all, this movie did its job. Solid seventy-three. I I, I, I got seventy-five. I gave this movie a seventy-five. I love. I actually really like Dave Bautista in this movie. I think he was really good. Wow. Um, I I did like the emotional imp like uh. That the, the emotional touch he conveyed in the movie, I do not. I one thing a sharp criticism I had is something you brought up earlier: his relationship with his daughter uh, and the fact that they weren't talking and the reason they weren't talking. I just so didn't believe. I, I didn't believe that at all. I'm like, dude, like this isn't even a spoiler. Like they, you find out at the beginning of the movie, uh, Dave Bautista, uh, his wife turns into a zombie. He has to kill her in front of her da- his daughter, and his daughter's like, "I'm not mad that you did that. I'm mad that you just shut me out." I'm like, dude, he killed your mom. Like, like, like he's, he's he's gonna have a hard time getting over that buddy you know it's yeah. just like I, I i did not like that at all either I, i'm 100 I'm on the same boat and you keep thinking that throughout the movie like this is so dumb how she's mad at him like just right it's that or you're both dead what else do you, what, pick one like i was so exactly. mad at that throughout the movie so it kind of affected my also when i was watching that my emotional uh breakdown of this movie but i guess just, just mentioned dave bautista just one more time mm-hmm. let's mention it versus the rock I will say he's not as captivating as The Rock. And I think as we can, everyone like listening to this, we can agree on that. Just looking at the WWE and how you can smell what The Rock is cooking. And like, you just look back at all these memorable WWE lines with The Rock compared to like a Dave Bautista, which I don't know, like besides his presence, uh, physical presence, you don't really think of him as a WWE guy anymore, really. Um, But I just, I still think, He's better than The Rock at acting. I just did. Batista has the edge, dude. I don't think The Rock, like The Rock, could have done this movie. The Rock could have done it. Like it yeah. just, uh, but I don't think he could have conveyed the emotion that Batista did here. I think he is a, a quality actor. And just to wrap up my thoughts, overall very positive. Um, the action sequences were lovely. They were so nice. When I say lovely, I really mean gory. And like, yeah, they didn't really hold say. anything back. There was a lot of killing in this movie. The um, headshots and it was, nonstop. Boom, boom, and, boom, boom. And then I know one of the criticisms we had like when these trailers came out for Army of the Dead, it's like – I mean, like, this is like a zombie apocalypse movie, and like, you're going to need money. Why do you need money? I think they crafted the story in a way where it was like, okay, now it's understandable why you need that money. Or like, even though the guy, the, the, the billionaire, whatever, he didn't actually need the money, but like, the circumstances around the zombies made sense. Like, they're in a quarantine, right? They're blocked off from the rest of the world. There's a nuclear bomb incoming in the next four days. Like, you need to get this done. Like, right. I think they made it somewhat like, now I get it. Like when you saw in the trailer, you're just like, this is the dumbest idea for a movie of all time. Right. You know what I mean? But I think uh, Snyder crafted it in a way that kind of made you understand. Yeah. So I'm going to go 75 for sure. Unique to zombie movies that it just by doing that in itself, just made that better than most, at least in my eyes. that's someone that's not a zombie fan, zombie movie fan, I should say. Gotcha. Well, it's a 73 from Ricky Flex to 75 from Dr. O. I'm going to throw it over now to Ricky Flex for our top billing of upcoming Netflix projects. Thank you, Dr. O. As the man just said, we're doing top billing of upcoming Netflix projects in honor of our review of Army of the Dead, Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead, which is on Netflix. So we're picking Netflix projects. They could be shows, 
documentaries, movies, anything that's coming out on Netflix sometime in the near future. But before we get going, Dr. O, you have the first pick. You want you didn't necessarily want the first pick. I chose to go second. What are your thoughts on having this first pick? Um, I think I know what I want. I think there's not a clear number one pick, in my opinion. Uh, there's a bunch of things I would accept as a number one pick. Um, I think that because like Netflix is doing a lot of exciting stuff right now. Like they're trying to build franchises, but they also have so many of these great series already. Different seasons coming up. Okay, I'm not going to tease any picks right now, but uh, I'm just excited to get going and I'm going to uh, try and mix it up as best as possible. Yeah, I think as best as possible, at least is like it's going to be the biggest thing for me because I think I'm a little overweight in, a, in one category out of the three I just mentioned in shows, documentaries and movies. But then again, like there's just so many good things coming out on Netflix and uh, I'm just looking forward to this. So how about you start us out with the top billing of upcoming Netflix projects. Okay. I'm going to go with, so Netflix has been talking about building these franchises. Like I've brought up multiple times. I think this is going to be their biggest franchise um, that is being planned. It's got star power. You got Ryan Gosling. You have Chris Evans. You have Ana de Armas. You've got the Russo brothers directing. I'm going to go with the first overall, overall pick, the gray man spy thriller movie. Um, I, I think we're, we're getting Chris Evans as a villain in this. I think I, that's an exciting aspect. We kind of saw him as a uh, hateable character before with Knives Out. So I'm excited to see him uh, kind of steering away from that, like Mr. America, obviously Captain America, like uh, just like the, the goody two-shoe. I like him foraying into this atmosphere. And then uh, Gosling, like is the goss god so i'm excited to see that and on the armist is on an absolute heater uh there's like very few like actresses is actresses in the world that are getting the work she is right now and i think she's like the most sought after actress arguably in hollywood right now that's how big she is so i am psyched to get the gray man with the first pick yeah russo brothers just coming in hot with gosling evans and Anna the armist like can't get much better than that so i'm looking forward to that as well great pick yeah and then like Russo Brothers, there are a lot of comparisons to Captain America, the Winter Soldier with the Gray Man. They they do espionage so well. I'm excited. Then this novel was, uh, uh, it was I mean, people are saying it was a, one of the best books written in the 21st century. Uh, I think it was Mark Greeny who wrote it. Uh, no, uh, yeah, I think it was Mark Greeny. Yeah. Yeah. No, novel, novel, the same name, the Gray Man. Yeah. So number one pick. Yeah. I agree with you that not necessarily like a, a, like a consensus one one where it's a definitely like valid for the one one um it wasn't my first but it was my second to be honest but i if going one one very comfortable with that off to me i'm just gonna do just knives out I'm just gonna two and three like i think we've talked enough about it uh and, and even in the checkup with leslie adam jr and kate hudson coming on board to go along with dave bautista ed norton daniel De daniel craig coming back just unreal cast to go with a to follow up just an unbelievable uh first uh first whodunit and if you think about whodunits it's in my eyes one of the best if not the best whodunit of all time and you have like obviously you have clue and you have other ones such as like such as uh knives out but i think knives out rain johnson just really changed the game with this movie and Benoit Blanc coming back on Netflix. Knives at Two is so hot in the streets. It, it's everywhere on movie Twitter. It's all I see every day. 
uh, along with anything of like Robert Pattinson, the Batman. Yeah. Knives Out 2 is everywhere. Knives Out 2 is everywhere. And this, this cast is going to be unbelievable. And I, I like it, it is already unbelievable, but I can't wait to see them interact with one another, play off one another. Catherine Hahn. Uh, Dave Bautista, it's, it's, it's going to be nuts. And now we got Leslie Odom Jr. bringing that Oscar-nominated talent to the ring. It's going to be – I can't wait to compare the first cast to the second. I talked about it last episode, but it's uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at my chops. I'm, I'm ready for this movie, and it's just still being shot. <laughs> right, yes, it's still going. Yeah. But uh, – and, yeah, it's still going right now, currently, and they just announced these two today, which is just mind-boggling. But mm-hmm. – that's my first pick. My second pick. I I think I'm allowed to do this. Don't look up. Yeah, why not? Why wouldn't you be able to just, do that? Just because I feel like a lot of my board is like 2022 and beyond. Like a lot of my boards is not even coming out this year. I might my sport might be uh, giving away my strategy here, but I just feel weird picking it because I don't think there's been enough buzz around it. I think people are just forgetting it right now with all the MCU DC knives out <laughs> knives out news like and all this casting news for all these other movies don't look up they already did finish all their casting news with the leo jennifer lawrence jonah hill tyler perry timothy shaman kate blanchett meryl streep ron perlman you can keep going like there's more it's insane um but adam k movie can't wait to see this later this year we this will be this might be the best movie of the year at least with leo headlining it i can't wait to see it so don't look up's my second pick yeah, I mean that uh, that I mean even, any of those three I would have picked like first overall. I think those are all worthy. They're in my uh, first tier. If Nez was here, if those weren't the first three, I would have been shocked. Right, and you know Nez might throw out a wild card in there, so you never know. But uh, definitely uh, worthy. I can't wait for that movie. It's really not being talked about a lot. I think it's also because it's kind of like a it's a Leo led movie. But at the same time, Leo is not playing a traditional like alpha type character appears in this movie. And usually he's kind of like, like, I don't know, just like, not, I don't want to say like hyper masculine or anything like that, but he usually, uh, a lot of charisma in this one, you see pictures of him like uh, wearing glasses and looking like an L7 weenie and you, you just doesn't look like Leo, you know, but I, this, this cast is unbelievable. You got Chalamet. It's like the 10th name listed in the supporting cast. That's yeah. how big it is. No, I think your point just there like really shows like why this movie's not getting like talked about enough. Think about his last movie, Once Upon a Time, like him and Brad Pitt next to not a sexy, not yeah, a sexy they, like. Uh, yeah. All people talked about is like, this is one of the greatest movie duos, like one of the sexiest movie duos. And like, I, I was talking about like like in terms of like the appeal like of the movie, but yes, that's right. What. No, but even the, <laughs> no, even the appeal, not just looks, the appeal. Yeah, like, yeah. It's a Hollywood movie. Like he does a lot of these. Like he does a lot of those, and this one's just two astronomers who are just trying to convince the world that a meteor is coming towards earth. So it's completely different, but let's do it. Like it. All right. Off to you. It's here. I think the audience hears uh, Gordy in the background a little bit. Um, so that's our, that's, that's uh, our dog. That's he's buzzing right now. Uh, moving Buzz, on yeah. to our next pick here. I'm going to go with the guilty 2021 film. Uh, this is a, uh, uh Nick uh, Pizzolatto, who di- is from Nick Pizzolatto, who is the writer of uh, True Detective, uh, season one, two, and three. And after a piss poor season two, he kind of came around with season three. Seems like he's back on his A game. We got a crime thriller here with Listen for This Cast, starring Jake Gyllenhaal in the, in the lead role. Mm. And then 
villain villainous role, I believe, is Ethan Hawke. And then we have Peter Sarsgaard, Riley Coe, who's really big, really hot in the streets right now. Just wasn't just uh, the devil all the time. Just going to be in Zola for A24. And uh, Paul Dano, the Riddler himself, is going to be in this movie. Underrated Paul Dano's starting to like get more jobs now. Like he, like people are seeing, the like Riddler. okay, like like this guy's going to bring it in the Batman. I think uh, he just got cast in something else too. I just, it's in the top of my head, but I'll have to do some research in a second. But the last name in this cast that I need to bring up. Bill Burr. Bill Burr in a crime thriller. Are you kidding me? You kidding me? You got Bill Burr in a crime thriller? Talk about diversifying the portfolio. He's going. He's stand-up comic. All right. Now we'll go to uh, The Mandalorian, right, with multiple appearances. And now let's do a crime thriller. The man is everywhere right now. Bill Burr, hot in the streets. Yeah, I got to go with The Guilty, this crime thriller 2021 film. Let's go. Oh, uh, and it's written and directed by Antoine Fuqua. Yes, and that's, that's why I was going to mention that. I was going to mention two things. One, Antoine Fuqua, I think Training Day with Ethan Hawke earlier. Um, oh, yeah. So just want to say that. And then the second thing was Paul Dano. <laughs> yes, he did just get cast as something, Dr. O. Spaceman with Kerry Mulligan and Adam Sandler. That's it. <laughs> yes, that was it. Yes, yes. So yeah. I was hoping what this trio. Was, what a trio. I was hoping this was going to slip to me. A little disappointed. But I'm glad so I'm glad you picked it. The guilty. What's your third pick? So I'm going back to franchises here. I think it's going to be a franchise. It was a highly sought after movie, bid upon by a lot of um, studios, and Netflix ended up getting it. And that is Red Notice. I think it at the time uh, of when they purchased the rights, it was the largest. Uh, I don't know if it was the most expensive movie or movie rights ever bought. I think I, I think I want to say that it might have been. Well, but the- Red Notice. The production budget is uh, over $130 million. I'm not sure how much it was Jesus. bought for, but this movie is making a lot of money. I'll let you keep going, though. Yeah, so three huge names here. Three of the biggest action stars on the planet. We talked about The Rock. We kind of crapped on him earlier, but the man is pure box office. Gal Gadot, Ryan Reynolds. Uh, I mean, I haven't heard much about this movie. There's a lot of buzz prior to. I, I think we got a trailer for this. I just don't remember it. Did we get a trailer for this? Maybe. I think we got a picture of them in the Maybe car. Maybe it was a picture. But I, like, them I feel, in the car, I think. I feel like because they acquired the rights back in 2019. The movie's uh, it, the movie was already, is already shot. Um, so Dwayne Johnson, we got him like trying to put netflix on his back kind of like we got like because he could like i like he has that star power and you got ryan reynolds just like he's pure box office you think of deadpool deadpool 2 obviously and gal gadot is wonder woman herself so putting these three together in a comedy type thriller seeing reynolds and dwayne johnson bouncing off one another that's going to be great comedy maybe reynolds will have to carry the rock in that regard but because uh, I don't always buy the Rock's comedic talents, but I'm going to go with the Red Notice as my uh, third round pick. Ah, man, I I had this penciled in as my or not penciled in yet, but I wanted this last. I wanted this to be uh, Mister Miss Irrelevant. I'm excited for this movie. A lot, a big budget, and the director as well, Ross and Marshall Thurber. He might not sound familiar, but he dodge think dodgeball, think we're the Millers, Central Intelligence with the Rock. Um, skyscraper so he's been a part of the rock's journey here uh, recently and he's done some very good comedies in the past so mm-hmm. we're gonna see how he does here with gal gadot ryan reynolds this star-studded cast so i'm looking forward to this movie as well and to just give a, 
a little more information on the characters each of them are playing. Um, Brian Reynolds is playing uh, the world's greatest con artist in this movie. That seems like a role he was absolutely born for, right? Yes. Him playing a con artist. Like, he's going to play that to a T. It's going to be phenomenal. Dwayne Johnson, of course, is playing an agent of some sh- of some sort. Central intelligence. Yeah, it's like blink once if, you sh- if you've uh, heard that before. Uh, <laughs> and he's the world's greatest tracker. Gal Gadot is the world's greatest art thief. You know, she's going to be bringing it. She's going to be looking phenomenal in this movie. Wonder uh, Woman. She's had plenty of experience with art. Oh yeah, no. She, I, I guess uh, those are the roles she's drawn to. But yeah, I'm going Red Notice. There we go. Good pick. Good pick. All right, I'm gonna go for my third pick. Something that was already mentioned, or this the lead in this movie was already mentioned today, at multiple times actually, and that's Blonde, Ana de Armas. Adrian Brode is also in this as well. Just to mention it, but this is Pat gonna Riley. be a drama. Pat Riley. Oh, yeah, Pat Riley, yes. Uh, Dr. Owen, like your shirt, subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Drive-In. Um, but yeah, Howdy. so biopic of the tragic life of Marilyn Monroe. That's pretty much all you have to say. Obviously, Dr. O already mentioned this. One of the hottest stars in Hollywood right now. She's in all these. She's coming. She just started out in Knives Out, but now she's every single studio wants her to be in their star-studded movie. So this is what I have to pick her actually being in the lead, not just a supporting character, the lead in it and playing Marilyn Monroe. I want it. Third pick. My God. I, I need to get, I need to see these stills as quickly as possible. Can you imagine her recreating the iconic, like the skirt coming up and like, obviously, and like, whatever. they have to do it in this. Like, like, like it's going to be iconic. It's uh, I, I can't wait to see it. Uh, as I said before, like arguably there's not a, like a, hotter actress in the streets right now that Ana de Armas and her play Marilyn Monroe like like Twitter is going to erupt when this movie comes out it's going to go nutso for her so I'm, I'm psyched for that uh good pick I was on my big board and then I'm gonna go I'm gonna count on you not picking what I really want fifth because I just want to take this in case you take it I'm gonna diversify my board even more so and take an animated movie I'm taking Chicken Run 2. <laughs> nice. Chicken Run 2. People have been waiting for 20 years for a sequel. They, they've been telling us a sequel is coming. It's finally Sam Fell is giving it to us. So Chicken Run 2 is on my board. I, I mean, I, I, yes. I, I, I didn't even know it was coming to Netflix. So I am, uh, I'm pleasantly surprised by that pick, to say the least. Uh, yeah, so like I, I I I don't even really remember how the last one ended. To be honest, I know they kind of escaped. Yeah, they escaped right? and they're on an island, or not an island, but like the chicken island. <laughs> like, and uh, they kind of teased it at the end, like saying like, "Oh, what's our next thing?" Like, and it just ended. And then all the actors keep saying like, or you keep hearing the news clipping saying, "Oh, there's going to be a second one." And you've been hearing this for years, and finally, Chicken Run Two is happening at Netflix. Mm. Mm, I like it. Uh, what's the uh, what's the studio's name? I forgot what it is. Ardman uh, Animation. Ard- I believe. Ardman. Ardman. Double Ardman, S. That's yeah. It. Yeah. Bring Ardman back. Let's go. Chicken mm-hmm. Run Two. I'll be I'll be seeing that opening night or whenever pops on Netflix. That will yeah. be and I will be I will do an immediate review. I might even just do a live maybe do a live stream of me watching that movie. Honestly, that would be pretty cool. That'd be a lot of fun to watch. <laughs> right. No, absolutely. I still remember seeing that for the first time at our Nana's in uh, Kingston way back. I think I was like five years old. Wild. 
I just kept thinking the animation just looked different, looked weird. Now I appreciate it. Mm. All right, right. your pick. I think I'm going to go. I I picked like two potential franchise movies and then I have the guilty. I'm going to go with another film that is a star-studded cast. I don't know a ton about the film, but the cast is so powerful that I want to take it. And that's the power of the dog. The power of the dog. What a funny name. Uh, It's an upcoming uh, drama. And here's who it stars. Benedict Cumberbatch, Kirsten Dunst, Jesse Plemons, Thomas and McKenzie. So those are all massive names. You hear right in that list. You got our plump boy Plemons, Thomas and McKenzie, Jojo Rabbit. She's also going to be playing Carrie Strong in a movie. You know, also Benedict Cumberbatch, like he is one of the most, he's not underrated, but he's not talked about enough. Like he's not talked about enough. He is elite. He is elite. And uh, elite, and I'm elite. also like, this is also interesting. Kirsten Dunst and Jesse Plemons, they're married. Did you know that? Yes. And did you know, so do you know the storyline of this movie? Not yet. No. Okay. Explain. All, all it okay. says so is that, so I didn't do enough research. Why. A it's man based- wages war against his brother's new wife, right? I think I tweeted about this, like whenever this news broke about this movie and they were both cast. So it's based on this novel and the novel is about these two brothers so it's going to be Clemens and Cumberbatch as brothers out in Montana. And they're Step just like brothers. Uh, wait, I don't know. But they're like very rich brothers living out in Montana. And they're like, obviously they're brothers. So they're boys. But then <laughs> this Uh-oh. is just perfect. One of them, uh, Jesse Plemons starts to date Kristen Dunst. Wait, what? Yes. One of the brothers like they, dates they get, after their divorce. And I think they get married. Oh, I mean, and then, so does it get like, I don't so know, like, it's, it's based on a book, right? It's based on a novel. It's based on a book. You can read it. Um, Thomas Savage. Yeah, I'm uh, reading it right wrote now. I uh-huh. uh, wrote the novel. But this movie, like, if you want to see a relationship on screen, this is the movie to see. And it's with Plump Boy, Scorsese's new new golden child, Jesse Plemons. So I'm excited for this. I'm glad I got I was, picked. I'm so a- I didn't get I didn't get a lot of details on it. All I saw was the premise where a man wages war against his brother's new wife. I'm just like, and I saw these the cast here. It sounds like it could get pretty intense. <laughs> that's what yes. that's, that's and, the vibe I'm getting. So and, um, I kind of like it. And just, just to say this, this isn't the first time Jesse Plemons was on screen with Kirsten Dunst. They've worked together um, in Fargo, the TV show on FX. So just wanted to say ah. that as well. So this isn't the first time, but it's the first time in a long time. Okay. Very good pick. What's your last pick to round out your draft? I got to look something up really quick. Bear with me. Because this is an important pick because I don't like the one I just gave. (laughs) All right. So I'm going to pick one that is based on maybe one. It's like one of the most popular graphic novels of all time. Um, I'm going to go with The Sandman. The Sandman, it's a DC property. Um, it's been talked about for so long. I think 
At one point, you had uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt in, ter- in talks to play the Sandman for a DC movie, but that was back when it wasn't even like belonged to. It didn't even what the rights weren't even at Netflix. So I'm I'm pumped. I don't really know much about it, but the fact that it's a DC property has me excited. Uh, I think Tom Sturridge. I'm looking at the cast right now: Gwendolyn Christie from Game of Thrones, uh, Boyd Holbrook, who seems like he's in everything lately, Charles Dance. Um, it's I, I don't know if how deep the Sandman property goes like if it's uh, a long collection of books or it's just the one book but I assume this is going to be another uh, foray into a franchise for Netflix if possible and uh, I hear nothing but rave reviews about the uh, graphic novel Uh, it's supposed to be really um, I don't know how to describe it it's like it's like the like the uh, the drawings for the book are supposed to be there's they're out of this world so i, I want to see how it applies and like the visuals on screen for this film but i'm going to go with the sandman uh as my last pick that's a good pick that's a good pick we, this actually didn't get put on the checkup did you see uh the jgl news today dr o no he's uh gonna be in a new series uh, where i don't i don't think they announced which streaming service or st- station it's going to be on service whatever but he's going to star as travis kalandic uh the ex uber ceo basically and uh founder and uh there's gonna be a new series about like how he got basically like the internal pressures of being the ceo of uber and all the scandals that happened around it and also the external pressures because of all the polit- dude, he loves things. those types of movies like like he like snowden. i think snowden yeah yeah immediately and uh i like that we're getting more jgl after like his brief hiatus there for a couple of years. So yeah, I, and I, he was attached for this project for so long. Um, and I know he's, I think he did like the reading for it. There was like a, a cast reading really? of, of sand of the Sandman, but it's also just an electric name. And I just, I, I always thought it was somehow connected to like DC heroes, but it just, no, it stands on its own. So, sort of similar to Watchmen, I guess, in that regard, where it's just the one story. I think they're doing the same thing here. Um, but I think it's really, it's, it's people have been trying to adapt this for so long into a project. I'm excited that we're getting it. I think it's, it is a movie. So yes, I'm pumped. Great pick. Great pick. I'm going to go round out this draft. I'm going to go with my heart. I'm going to go with my heart instead of my mind. But honestly, it might be my mind too. I just might not be thinking clearly, but definitely with my heart. I'm going the killer. David Fincher, my guy. Ooh, my guy. Tell me about it. You, you do know it. It's the fast bender. Oh, okay. Yeah, the fast bender. So what a Michael, duo! Uh, just, so, Doctor. Uh, so, just to give a little refresher here, it's based off a book. It's going to be adapted. The writer of this movie will be Andrew Kevin Walker. If you think that it sounds familiar, we mentioned it before on the pod when this movie got first uh, teased out. He wrote seven. And he was a part of that movie, obviously, with David Fincher. And this is going to have a very similar feel to it because it's going to be an assassin who's going through a psychological crisis. And he literally just kills everything in sight. No moral compass, you know, the usual assassin movie. But then, obviously, you're going to have this, like, noir themes and all the psyche with it with Fast Trains. Michael Fassbender in it. So, I love Michael Fassbender. I think he's one of the most underrated actors in Hollywood. I think Assassin's Creed and other movies such like that that are similar to that that he has done kind of don't do him justice. I can't wait to see him pairing with one of the best directors of our era. Yes, I said that, David Fincher. 
Yeah. I mean, I, we talk fast bender. I, I put them almost in the same vein as Cumberbatch, dude. Like they're both electric. They're not underrated. They just aren't talked about enough. Um, I, same, same vein. And uh, I like that, that duo. I know we talked about it earlier in the pod, Fincher and Fassbender. That's going to be something to see. I'm very excited for that. Now, now that you brought up like who was in the movie, if you just said the killer, I would have totally forgot. We talked about so many movies on this right. podcast, but uh, yeah, that sounds electric. And I think we all pick, we pick movies for every pick, right? Yeah. Except, no, shows. yeah. No, shows. no shows. So we might as well have just called this most anticipated Netflix movies. Yeah. We could, we could have done, but that. we didn't know. But I mean, like the show aspect, I wasn't going to say like season four of this, you know, I, I thought I was that would have been cheating. It. Like if you picked stranger things, Ozark, I wouldn't have vetoed it, but I would have been like, come on. I wrote it down, but I don't think I was going to do it. My yeah. only pick that I thought was similar. I had like, like it could be, it's actually a mix of shows and movies. The Chronicles of Narnia universe that is oh coming to Netflix. I wanted to pick that. I I would have picked that. I I should have picked that over the power of the dog, to be honest. But uh, Narnia, like I didn't like the first uh, Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe movie. I love that movie. I love those books. Give give me all the Aslan in the world. I love that guy. I love that lion. Absolutely electric. What a voice. Um, But I I can't wait to see what they do with that. Uh, I'm disappointed. The other, the franchise initially that I'm talking about, like the 05 version, Mm -hmm. I know like the Voyage of the Dawn Treader, like it kept going with two or three more movies. It kind of fell off the wayside. People just lost interest, it seemed. Yeah. Tilda Swinton, we talked about her last week uh, for Mm. uh, actresses, supporting actresses, and she was the witch. She was menacing in that. Yeah. Yeah, She was evil. Um, I guess just, if you haven't, before I read off the list, do you have any more shows since we didn't mention any of them? No, I I didn't. I did have one other one that was on my list, um, but I was afraid to pick it just in case Loki doesn't go as planned. Uh, but why do you mention that? It's because this show is starring Tom Hiddleston. It's called White Stork, and it's a political thriller, and it's based in Britain, and it's about uh, Tom Hiddleston's playing James Cooper, who's running for part of a seat in Parliament, and just obviously political thriller. What do you think of? You think of secrets being uncovered and just absolute mm-hmm. chaos going on to his campaign and being in the seat, like a house of cards type and Netflix is doing it. So I'm really pumped for that white stork. I think, I think this is going to be a huge podcast where if you vote on Twitter, you have to listen to the podcast. Like, mm-hmm. like you're not going to recognize a lot of these names. If you didn't listen to the podcast, like you're going to see the guilty and you're going to see uh power of the dog and you have no idea what those movies are, or they're going to see uh Blonde, like even blonde people probably know. Yeah, it's yet. not called it's not Marilyn be- Monroe, right? It's not being promoted as much. So it's like when we say most anticipated projects, it really is important that like people spread the word and listen, or else you, I mean, you have no idea what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, I think you make a good point here. But that round out of draft. But uh, before I go over honorable mentions for movie side, let me just read off the picks, and then we can go to honorable mentions if you have any others. Doctor O has The Gray Man, The Guilty, Red Notice. Power of the Dog and Sandman. Ricky Flicks has Knives Out, two and three. Don't look up. You gotta pick two, just two. Oh, just two. I don't. Do you that like me? Universe. Like that's two movies. I would just say like. Oh, I was just thinking the universe. Okay. Use Knives Out two. two. I'm, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Don't look up. Blonde, Chicken Run two, and <laughs> Killer. <laughs> Chicken Run two. But they, I love how you said like uh, I'm gonna pick with my heart here, and that was after the Chicken Run. <laughs> 
that that that, that cracked me up. I'm like, oh, like yeah, I'm gonna pick with my heart here. I'm gonna go with Fastbender, and you know, as if you weren't picking with your heart when you picked Chicken Run too. I could have said it for both. Yes, you're right. But honorable mentions, Doctor Rose. Do you have any others? Um, yeah, I had a couple. I, as I said before, the Narnia universe. There's Beckett that's starring John David Washington and Alicia Vikander. I don't know much about it, but those are two powerful actors. Um, especially I like to see what John David Washington's doing. I rewatched Tenet recently and I actually really enjoyed it. It was really good the second time I watched it. And it's so much easier to hear on my laptop than it was in the movie theater. Tenet um, is good. The Harder They Fall. That has not come out yet, I don't believe. Not yet. Idris Elba, Lakeith Stanfield, Regina King, uh, Jonathan Majors. Delroy Lindo. Big time cast. Delroy Lindo. And it's a Western. It's a Western with a primarily black cast. That should be uh, interesting to say the least. And I just it seems like a non-traditional type movie. And, so, Elba, and Idris Elba's second Western this year with Netflix. Concrete Cow. Oh, yeah? Or this year. Oh my gosh. The man the man just loves Westerns and loves Netflix. And EDM. Um, and EDM. Get after it, King. Um, and then I had Kate with um was it uh Mary Elizabeth Winstead? I think that's her name. Shoot, right? Yes, I think you're right. On that. I don't Winstead. have it on my list, but I think uh, you're right. Kate and it was a couple of, it was actually a trailer or a couple of videos that came out recently on Twitter of her kicking butt and it looked like she was like the next John Wick. So that should be cool. That's what I, that's that's all I got for uh, honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. Well, just a few more from me. Uh, this is China Chinatown prequel series with David Fincher. Uh, that's going wow. to out in the next few years. I think I mentioned that uh, in the Mank review. Yeah, uh, or no? Yeah, I, th- I think I mentioned that earlier. I can't wait for that. I think that's coming out on Netflix, so I'm really pumped. So where? So that would ex- just ex- what it would explore like Nicholson's character. Like who? Who would it be exploring? I there's not enough information yet. They didn't, oh. but no matter even if it's the the city or the character, either way, David Fincher's passion with that era in Chinatown, like I, I you got me. In Chinatown, such an incredible flick. You got me. Yeah. Um, Wendell and Wild. I don't know if this is on your list. Jordan Peele and Keegan Michael Key are combining ah. again, and they're going to be voicing this animated movie together and also writing it together, and it's going to be a horror movie. And um, animated horror. Yes. And Henry Selleck, he uh, did. He did, he was the director of uh, Nightmare Before Christmas and Coraline. So I think the combination of the writing wow. of uh, Keegan and can we get uh, can Caleb, we get can we get Burton as a Tim Burton as a executive producer on this too? That would be pretty sick. But like, just imagine like the combination of Jordan Peele and Keegan Michael Key combining with that Nightmare Before Elm Street Coraline director. Like that's pretty. That's really enticing. I. I'm, I'm probably going to come out around Halloween either this, I think this year. So we'll definitely probably have to review that. Um, that that's going to be insane. Like oh, animated horror movie. Yeah. Has On Netflix. Ever, that, that's, that, that, that's fascinating. And I like how those two are combining again. And the Keegan, Mike, Mike Keegan, Michael Key, uh, he's kind of hot in the streets right now after his, uh, his SNL skit. Yes. And he, he played uh, the last dance. He was Michael Jordan. That's kind of funny. <laughs> Uh, and then two more. One, I won't talk about it because we already did Spaceman, um, but that's not coming out for a while. And then Escape from Spiderhead, which is we oh, talked about Jesus. it. Oh Jesus! How did we not? Yeah, it's, that's in Chris Hemsworth, right? Yes, yes. Um, God damn it! I should have picked that one. But we talked about that in the what was it? Miles Teller. What was that debate? Miles Teller and who? It was um, a race to the Oscar, right? Yeah, it was Miles Teller 
and someone else. I know. Right? <laughs> I don't remember. How do we not remember, remember this? Uh, this is. How do we not remember this? Miles Teller. I don't remember. I wasn't Chalamet. Crap. No, then we had Holland, Chalamet, Gosling. It's somebody that has Oscar. Oh no, it wasn't Isaac. It's close. I can't believe. I think you're right there. Was it Oscar Isaac? It was someone that hasn't been in a movie in a while, right? Or was? Oh my god! (laughs) I'm gonna check. It's gonna be on one of our episodes. It's like in the title, probably. Let's just check it out real quick. I'm like thinking back. I, I can imagine. My, <laughs> Who's going to walk through this? Who I'm, is like Miles Teller? No, I'm like thinking back to the debate because I think I picked the. I think I picked the other person. <sighs> it was. It was. It was the Project X. Uh, review. It was the Project oh, X wow. episode. This so is. This ago. goes back to episode eight. Wow, Thirty episodes ago. Oh my god! And who was it? It. It, it didn't say in the. Uh, Oh no! It didn't well, say, but like wait, I'm, just, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling, I'm pulling up the blog right now. This is riveting podcast stuff right here. Oh. All right. When you look that up, I'll just say the quick synopsis of this movie. Um, this is rumored to be in 2021, but most likely 2022 due to all the delays going on. But this is set futuristic, but not too futuristic. Um, just far enough so like none of the current political drama or anything like current uh, relative news in the world is going on today. So two young convicts, Miles Teller and Chris Hemsworth, yes, what a duo. They are grappling with their past in a facility run by a brilliant visionary who experiment on inmates with emotion-altering drugs. So that's going to be insane. These two, Chris Hemsworth and Miles Teller being prisoners, trying maybe escaping from this prison, and this guy just going to be testing on them with crazy drugs. So I'm all in on that. I can't find it. I didn't blog it. (laughs) <laughs> how do we not know this miles teller can you pull up episode eight of the pod to see if we could like i think we could like pin this down i i, I got episode eight up let's play it out loud. if you ever win an oscar first so this like we just reviewed after that we talked about miles teller miles teller is a great cop Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. That was it. The van. The van. <laughs> it was the van of the Fast Times. Fast Times week. Uh, our, our, Richmond our, High review, casting uh, a reading. Can, that the was same actually time as the Project X. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah, I, I, that's how much like he's fallen off the wagon. Where the heck? We yeah. forgot. I literally forgot, and that and then we like that wasn't even a year ago, and that was our actually our most um, viewed blog in our yeah. history. Over uh, it's like. A couple a few thousand likes uh, a few few thousand views on it wow. uh good stuff but that was actually electric that we heard that out loud <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if the crowd will think forgot, the same that was big God. well that'll do this top billing just a wild ending there this wasn't even a part of the draft i'll throw it back over to you dr o all right uh that's going to conclude this episode of the drive in podcast thank you for listening and please leave us a review review wherever you are listening to this and then rate us five stars do it next week we are reviewing spiral from the book of saw in theaters now go to the theater do it all right that'll do it we'll see you next time we will smell you